For our scripture reading, I invite you to turn in your Bibles to the Gospel according to Luke, Luke chapter 1. I'll begin reading at verse 26 to verse 38. And the Advent series title for the next four weeks will be the question, Who Will This Child Be? Who will this child be? And it's taken primarily from verses 32 to 35 and how the angel Gabriel describes who this child will be. And this morning, we will look at the scriptures and ask ourselves the question, who will this child be? Who is this child who is great? Because a child to be born will be great. And how is he distinct from other great men and women of the Old Testament? How is he distinct? What makes Jesus Christ great? And so that is the question we will ask during the course of the next four weeks. And this morning we look particularly at the child who is born is great. Turning to God's word, Luke chapter 1, beginning at verse 26. Let us now hear God's word. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who, is, who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Thus far the reading of God's word. Let's ask his blessing upon the preaching and teaching of it. Father in heaven, we come before you asking, O Lord, that you would humble us before your word. Grant us, O Lord, wisdom. Grant us, O Lord, understanding. Grant us, O Lord, a heart of faith, hope, and love. May your Spirit work mightily through the preaching and teaching of your word so that, O Lord, we may grow up in faith and know more deeply how great Jesus truly is. May we be enamored in awe and wonder of his greatness. 
And may you grant to those who live in unbelief eyes to see and ears to hear that they, for the very first time perhaps, know that Jesus is great and the only way to heaven, the only way to the Father. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Congregation of Christ, in the course of human history, there have been great men and women. There have been great presidents and prime ministers. There have been great military leaders, great business leaders who write books. What qualifies them? What are the characteristics of greatness? Well, these men and women possess certain attributes, certain characteristics, certain abilities and skills that the world would call them great. To be great, to be great, according to the Bible, in one sense, is to be distinguished or eminent or famous for one's works or abilities, one's authority, one's power, one's virtues. And there were many great men like Noah, Abraham, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, Joshua, Caleb. How about Samuel, King David, Elijah, Elisha? I mean, the list can go on and on about great men. And how about women? Deborah. How about Esther? How about Elizabeth, Mary, the mother of Jesus? How about Mary Magdalene? But what made these men and women great in the Bible? What was characteristic about their greatness was their faith in their God. They trusted God. At Luke chapter 1, verse 14, if you have your Bible open, look at me at verse 14 and 15. Look what is said of John the Baptist. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, that is the birth of John the Baptist, for he will be great before the Lord. John the Baptist, like the other great men, prophets of the Old Testament, will be great before the Lord. Then Gabriel, the angel of God, Gabriel, which means mighty one of God, or great one of God, or powerful one of God, appears to a young woman, Mary. He told her that she will conceive and bear a son. His name will be called Jesus, the Lord saves. And he will be great, megas, great. But how will he be different than the other great ones in the Bible? How will he be different than John the Baptist, who earlier was also called great? John the Baptist and the other great men and women were called great before the Lord, but only the child born of the Virgin Mary will be great because he is Lord, he is Son of the Most High. The child would be great in the fullest sense of the word great. He will be the son 
of God by nature. That is who he is. See, the other great men and women of the Bible were great because who God made them to be. Jesus is great because who he is by nature. It's who Jesus is. This is, this is the child that Miriam will conceive in her womb a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. Great is the Lord Jesus, and greatly to be praised. At the coming of Jesus, what makes Jesus great? Well, there are three offices of the Lord Jesus Christ. Three works of Christ. Three characteristics of Christ. That only Jesus, because of who he is by nature, can truly fulfill. And that is his office of prophet, priest, and king. Jesus is our great prophet. Jesus is our great priest. Jesus is our great king. In fact, if, you, if we were paying attention in the song of Zechariah, we saw those themes come out. In fact, those are the themes of Jesus throughout the Gospels. You want to know who Jesus is? He is our great prophet, priest, and king, and he is perfectly those offices he accomplishes those offices perfectly because he is Lord. And so let's look first at the child will be the great prophet. The angel declared that a child will be born, and therefore the child will be truly human. Think about that. Think about what the angel Gabriel is telling Mary. You will conceive a child. That is, you will conceive a human being in your womb. Just like Psalm 139, beautifully and wonderfully made in the womb, formed and fashioned by God, he will be human in every respect except without sin. He will know no sin because he will be the sin bearer. Of all the prophets, he will be the greatest because he is the long-expected prophet of God who was declared by God to be the word of God. God fulfilled his prophet, prophecy, his, uh, his promise in the Old Testament in Deuteronomy 18, verse 18. When we hear these words, the Lord said to Moses, I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brothers, and I will put my words in his mouth and he shall speak to them all that I command him. And whoever will not listen to my words that he shall speak in my name, I myself will require it of him. In Jesus Christ, we have the great prophet who spoke the very word of the Father. That's what makes Jesus great. God assumes human flesh and speaks the very word of God on behalf of the God the Father. 
Furthermore, this child will be the final revelation of God. As our great prophet, he is the final revelation of God. How can there be a greater prophet than Jesus to come? In Hebrews chapter 1, long ago, the author says that many times and in many ways, God spoke of our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, and through whom also he created the world. Jesus, the Son of God who created the world, assumed the human flesh, a human body, to be our chief prophet, to teach us the way to God the Father. What did he do in his prophetic ministry? He declared the whole counsel of God. He spoke exactly what the Father commanded him to speak. He delivered the word of salvation to all. And his word is authoritative and without error, without mistakes. And therefore, his prophetic word, his prophetic office didn't deceive or lead people astray. He is the great shepherd of the sheep who speaks the word of God. And when he speaks, he does not lead astray or deceive like the false prophets Because of who he is by nature, very God of very God, very man of very man, he does not lie or deceive. When he prophesied, he proclaimed the very word of God. And so that he really, truly reveals to us the way to eternal life, the very way to know forgiveness of sins through through himself, and to be reconciled to God the Father. Jesus Christ came. He is the great prophet. The great prophet of God. And when he speaks, his people hear his voice and they follow him. When you hear the voice of your shepherd in preaching or teaching or in your devotional life, when you're reading your Bibles and the Spirit is at work, you are hearing the shepherd You are hearing your good shepherd who is speaking his word to your heart through his revealed word. And he does not lead astray. And you know his voice when you hear his voice because of his work in you, his spirit's work. And what do you do? You follow him. You follow your shepherd, your prophet. At Luke chapter 7, Luke records the account of Jesus raising the widow's son from the dead. With authority and power, Jesus says, Young man, I say to you, arise, arise from the dead. And what was the people's response? They say, a great prophet has arisen among us. And God has visited his people. Jesus is the great prophet He is eminent, distinguished from any prophet because of his power, his authority, his works, and his virtues. He is the perfect man. Consequently, the report of Jesus spread throughout the whole surrounding country. In the person of Jesus Christ, God visited his people and spoke the word of the Father 
and the way to eternal life. When pressed whether or not they should leave Jesus, referring to the disciples, when Jesus says, do you want to leave me too? I love what Peter says, Lord, where can we go? You have the words of eternal life. You have the words of eternal life. Young people, children, there are many voices speaking to you today. Many voices calling out to you today, crying out to you today, follow me. Follow me. You don't need Jesus. His word isn't true. He's deceiving you. He's just a man like every other man. He's not the way to the Father. There are many ways to God. Speak your own truth. You've heard that said before. I have my own truth. As if I have a monopoly on the truth. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Him because He is the great prophet. So you want to know the way to the Father, you go to Jesus, young people. You go to His Word where He reveals to us who He is and what He has done for us. No one holds such a title as prophet like Jesus. No so-called prophet holds such a title or honor. No one like Muhammad of Islam. No one like Joseph Smith. No others who claim to have received revelation from heaven or from God. No, Jesus is the final revelation. Listen to him, says the Lord. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. The child will be great because he is the great prophet. The child will be great, secondly, because he is the great priest. In the Old Testament, priests offered services to God. They were mediators between God and man. Sinful man could not go before God on their own. They needed a priest. And they offered, these priests offered sacrifices of bulls, goats, and lambs on behalf of the people for their sins. But they also had to sacrifice animals for their own sins. They had to be made clean. And this is another theme of the Gospels, of what Christ's sacrifice means to us as Christians, and what it foreshadowed or pointed to in the Old Testament. The priest had pointed to Jesus. You see, the priests did their priestly labor, but eventually they died and somebody took their place. But what is unique about the great priest Jesus is that he did not have to sacrifice animals for his own sin. No, he knew no sin. Rather, he sacrificed his own life for the sins of his people. I lay down my life as a ransom for many. Jesus spoke and preached about his priesthood even in his earthly ministry. He would be the sin bearer. You will call his name Jesus 
for he will save his people from their sin. How? By laying down his life for us. Interestingly, where was Jesus at age 12 when they, his family pilgrimaged to Jerusalem? Where did his parents find Jesus when they couldn't find him? When, when they, they couldn't find him at all. They thought they lost him. And where was he? He was in, at the temple. And his mother asked him, where have you been? We've been looking for you. And he said he was at his father's house about the business of his father. Why is that important? Because it's at the temple where Jesus is showing that he is priest. It is at the temple where priests offer the sacrifices. It is at the temple where priests were mediators between God and man. It is at the temple where priests brought worshipers near to God. And who is Jesus? Jesus is the great priest who brings us near to God. This is why Jesus says that destroy this temple and I will raise it up on the third day. Jesus is the fulfillment of the temple in his own flesh, in his own nature. This is what makes him the great priest who draws us near to the Father. We don't have to sacrifice bulls and goats. It's not a bloody mess anymore. Because Jesus shed his blood once and for all. The temple of God's one and only Son was destroyed so that through his flesh we enter God's presence. Jesus told the Jews and religious leaders that someone greater than the temple is here, namely himself. And through him and his sacrifice as our great priest, we enter God's presence. And God's favor, God's face shines upon us. God's face shines upon us. Furthermore, because he was raised from the dead, he will never die again. Therefore, he always remains a faithful priest. We don't need priests. We need pastors and shepherds who follow the great shepherd of the sheep and lead God's people through preaching and teaching. But there is one great high priest, and his name is Jesus. He brings us to God, directly to the throne of grace. And he ministers to our greatest need. When we sin, we go to him. When we fall short, we run to Jesus and plead his shed blood knowing that he is at the Father's right hand interceding for us always. We go in our closet, so to speak, and offer up prayers of repentance and confession, and he hears us for the sake of his Son. What comfort, what grace, what mercy, Christian. There's no more need for the sacrifice of, for sin. There is now no fear in death or no condemnation for the believer 
because Jesus, the great priest, paid it all, and he continues to intercede for you and me in heaven. He is the great prophet. He is the great priest. Lastly, he is the great king. Kings or rulers of the earth possess a certain degree of authority and power. But they do not possess absolute authority and power. Only God creator, only God redeemer possesses absolute authority and power. You think of the Psalms. For the Lord, the Most High, is to be feared, a great king over all the earth. Psalm 47. Psalm 95, for the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. Psalm 96, for great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. In some contexts, gods refers to false deities or false gods, idols of the nations. But oftentimes, God's refers to kings and rulers. Even the king of Israel was known as God to the people because he represented God on his throne. And so in the Old Testament you have God proclaimed as the great king. But here's what's so astonishing about the child who will be born great. The same greatness ascribed to the king and creator in the Old Testament receives the same greatness, is honored with the same greatness in Jesus Christ. What was ascribed to God in the Old Testament is ascribed to the Son, Jesus, in the new, in his coming. So that what can be said about God in the Old Testament is said about the Son in the New. The child will be born, the great King. Great is the Lord Jesus and greatly to be praised. He is King of kings and Lord of lords. He is born King of the Jews and King of all nations, fulfilling the promise of God to David and his offspring that to David he will receive the eternal throne. He is the long-expected Messiah, the long-awaited Messiah and King, and he will be born. And nations will come to him and worship him. And we see this recorded when the Magi who searched and visited the King of the Jews they offered the gift child, they offered the child gifts fit for a king. The greatness of his rule and dominion will be from everlasting to everlasting, and his rule will have no end. As the angel tells Mary, he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Yes, friends, Christian, he is ruling and reigning right now. At the Father's right hand, he is upholding 
all things by the word of His power, says the Hebrew author. This is the great King, King Jesus. He will come as a humble King and exalted as a glorious, strong King. And that He is right now at the Father's right hand. As the hymn writer penned, He rules the world with truth and grace. How does He rule over us? By His providence, by the word of His power. Everything that comes to pass is from God's fatherly hand and executed by His Son who upholds the word of His power. And therefore we can trust our King that He will love us and care for us, protect us and guard us. Yes, the enemies of this world, the devil and his minions are fierce and attacking us daily. But your God, your Savior, King Jesus, who is great, is always watching over us. So let us not fix our eyes on earthly things, but on the things that are above where He is seated at the right hand of the Father. Trusting that King Jesus will lead and guard my life and I will follow my commander-in-chief. I will follow my general. I will follow my king. Even if it means laying down my physical life for him. Jesus is our great king, friends. Consequently, we need not fear death or the grave. We need not fear judgment. We need not fear Satan. We need not fear the demons. We need not fear the uncertainties of the future because the child who is the great king has done and does great things for us. We're simply called to trust like little children. Not be like little children, immature, but have a childlike faith. Who will this child be? He will be great. Indeed, he is great. He is great. I pray that you see and know and believe his greatness. That he is your great prophet. That he is your great priest. And that he is your great king. And in knowing these offices of Christ, you believe Him. You trust Him. And that you know that there is no one like Jesus in all of human history. Because there's no one more glorious. He is more glorious than the physical temple. There's a certain theological movement that anticipates the resurrection of the physical temple again. Why? Why? Jesus is the beautiful, majestic, glorious temple for us through whom we come to God. There's no one more preeminent or important in all of human history than Jesus. There's no one more deserving of the title of great than 
our Lord Jesus Christ, of all the people of the world, past, present, or future, only Jesus is great and greatly to be praised because he possesses all of the rich qualities of greatness in his works, his virtues, the perfect Son of God and Son of Man, and his great authority and power over all nations. This child will be great, and indeed he is great today. Amen. Let's pray. Oh, Father in heaven, we thank you that Jesus Christ, the Son of God and Son of Man, is our great prophet, priest, and king. That through him and him alone, we have been reconciled to you, Father. That he speaks to our hearts the words of eternal life. That he speaks the truth of God. And in your word, O Lord, we have the truth. For you, O Lord, are our truth. And through your word, O Lord, we know the one who is the truth, Jesus. And so we pray, O Lord, that you would transform, transform us in the renewing of our minds, transforming us by your truth. May you protect us, O Lord. May you protect us, O great King, from our enemies. May you protect us, O Lord, from the devil and his minions. May you, O Lord, protect us from ourselves and perhaps our own desires to seek after things, seek after falsehood and lies. O Lord God, we pray that we would look and fix our eyes solely on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. We pray this in Jesus' name.